Hello everybody and welcome back to the Local Feed Show. My name is Azura and our guest today is Amanda Bloom. Amanda is a humanist, storyteller, writer, to name a few. So uh, one day she decided to leave her job, she packed her bags and she took a chance on the other side of the world to start her own entrepreneurial journey, uh, which is to help others tell their story to the world. So on this episode, we talk about why you should put yourself out there, processes to get through a writer's block or to get in touch with your creative vibes. With so much going on in the world, why you should make use of your time on earth, be awake, take risks, don't be afraid to use your heart to do things to improve the world in any way that creates positive impact. Before we get to it, if you want to support us, there are a few ways you can do so. Uh, share an episode with your friends. You can subscribe to our Spotify, iTunes, and our YouTube channel. So, without further ado, remember, be bold and stay inspired. Here is Amanda Bloom. Today, I really appreciate you know your presence and how much you want to just impact as many women as possible out there. So I think we'll just get into this. Okay, so you're a storyteller. Mm-hmm. You're also a writer, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you're also you, you you're sort of like an activist as well. So you're a humanist, yeah. in, in, like you know, like kind of indirectly, indirectly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I would like to learn more about you also. So tell us a little bit of your story. Like, what is your story? Oh, that's a big one. I guess I could go into how I got into storytelling and writing. Um, I don't know, it's kind of a a disjointed journey. You know, when you look at all the pieces and they line up and somehow you end up where you are. I kind of look back and it kind of happened haphazardly, but I think at a really young age, I decided I wanted to be a writer. I think like when I was 17. Wow, okay. Yeah, I just, um, so I think one of the big influences on my life was growing up in London and then I moved from London to the States. Okay. And I didn't have any friends, so I just read books for like a year by myself. That's all I did. That was like my full-time job. Okay. And I think going through that process of uh, just connecting with people in books and being able to kind of travel the world in books. I got so much out of it and I was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to be able to speak to people in this very intimate way, which is through writing. Okay. So, um, eventually I decided to study it. So I got a degree in literature and anthropology, which is like the study of humanity. Okay. Just wanted to learn more about life and... Um, and I, I guess I've always had this, I've always had the practical side, like I wanted to get a good job, I wanted to, you know, get paid well, but there was this other side of my personality that has always been a bit of an artist, like live life and create things out of this one life that we have. And I think for me, that's always been about self-expression. Yeah. So uh, I committed myself to writing and my first job was as a writer in a museum and from there I took on different jobs until I could finally 
decide, okay, I want to commit myself to this and figure out how I can be a writer. And that's mm-hmm. when I kind of moved to Singapore and um, started writing. I started kind of going through this process of like interviewing people, learning their story. I started writing stories and I got known for it. Yeah. And people started telling me, hey, you're a storyteller. And that was kind of how it happened. I was like dubbed the storyteller and then I was like, yeah, you're right, I am a storyteller. And and I managed to build a business out of it. Kind of happened so cool. organically. Wow. With lots of crazy stuff in between, but that's like the gist of it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now I'm actually interested and curious to know about the crazy stuff in between. Okay, yeah, let's go back a little bit. So you said that you were born in London. Yeah. And then you moved to the States. Yeah. So your parents are, so they, they work overseas or how does that happen? Like that transition in your early years? Uh, so my mom is Asian, Filipino, my dad okay, cool. is English. All right. So my mom um, moved to England okay. and got married to my dad. And yeah. They were married for like 25 years, Yeah. but eventually they divorced when I was a teenager. Okay. And so when they divorced, my mom eventually remarried an American citizen okay. and then uh, my aunt had lived in America and then they were just like do you want to move to America and I was like yeah okay let's do this you know I always I think I jumped on that opportunity like I had a lot of friends and I had strong roots in London but I, I just wanted to I felt it was an easy decision like I was mm-hmm. like yeah listen I want to travel the world I might as well start while I'm young like I was yeah. quite clear thinking at a young age Okay. Like, I um, wasn't really afraid to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I moved to the States with my mom and my brother. Okay. And just started over. Cool. So, you, were, you, you did also mention that you traveled the world through books, like you were reading, and you're sort of like traveling the world. Was that like, was, was that like a huge thing in really, you know, just jumping into the opportunity of like moving at a very young age? And then right now, you started a business organically or I mean you just started yeah so do you feel like that has shaped in what way does it have like, definitely it definitely I I was just having this conversation with my sister last night on okay. the phone I was like I had this moment where I looked back at all the things that have influenced my life in subtle and um and big ways and I think like what I you think university would shape your life and I think it did but for me it was things like music Okay. influenced me a lot the type of music I listened to and the type of books I read those I think completely determined the person I was like I used to listen to music that was um, not 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 a lot of people used to listen to the type of music I was gonna I ask to. you like, yeah what, I used to what kind to, of music do you listen to I used to listen to when I was young I was really influenced like by the doors which are like a, a 60s band okay and um, they were kind of like psychedelic and um, it was like poetry. Okay. And I was really into this idea of mystery and this whole element of um, life not, not being what it seems. Like there's this kind of mysterious element to the nature of being alive. So I was quite yeah. a philosophical kid. Okay. And so I was into people that exhibited artistic characteristics. Okay. And then when I got into books, I started, um, I was really influenced by like the beat generation, which is like the 1950s, you know, when there was a lot of suppression, there was like these rebels that went and did what they wanted. And, you know, they they traveled around America and, you know, they they were just kind of, um, I guess they were rebels. And I was like, I want to be not a rebel, but I want to be someone that does what they want. Okay. And like I, I just was like, yeah, that's that's me. Like and that's my soul, you know? Yeah. Like so I've always felt like those values and that way of looking at the world 
has um, shaped everything I do, including my business. Cool. That's very interesting. <laughs> okay, so. I mean, like looking back, for most of us, like you know, when we're a kid, you know, we don't we don't normally get into like, oh, I'm like you know, I'm a philosophical kid. So yeah. how did what, what what was your biggest influence? Like, how did you even get started, like picking up this kind of music? I'm sure there is something that's sort of like, mm. Mm, like you know, how did how did you get there? How did you turn out to be very philosophical? Was there someone or you something? Know, I think my sister was the one that used to listen to this stuff, and I was okay. influenced by her. But I think um, just as a kid, yeah. I was an odd kid. Like I was really sensitive okay. and really kind of observant. Okay. And so, and I think because my parents are from different cultures, so my yeah. mom's Filipino, and so there's that whole Filipino culture that I was raised in. And you know, they eat with their hands and they speak loudly. And then my dad's side's really English, and and I would ask myself like, how do these two very different cultures come together? You know, and. I went to the Philippines when I was 10 and I saw poverty for the first time and then I'd go back to England and it's all, you know, material wealth and I was like, how do these two, why does this happen in our world? So I would ask really big questions and that was just kind of my nature. Like, and so when these little, I guess when things would happen in school, I'd always have like this alternative bigger picture. Yeah. And I think I'm just wired that way. And then, um, and then I found out that I think I used to think I was a bit odd, but over time I realized it's actually um, just a way of looking at the world. And usually I think people who are kind of creative and into arts tend to kind of view the world the same way you experience the world and then you find a way to share it with people. And mm -hmm. that's kind of why I got into writing and things. It's all about this observing and sharing and experiencing. Okay. Wow. <laughs> no, that's yeah. really amazing. Okay, so you did mention a little bit about um, at the same time, you are very creative, so that's pretty much your right brain yeah. working. Yeah. And at the same time, you also like to observe and analyze, and you know, you yes. have your own methods, which is pretty much, as we know it, like our left brain. Yes. So how do you have? Have you like? How do you actually find a midpoint? I'm of definitely this? very left brain. Like actually, are you okay? Before I pursued writing, I was pursuing a math degree. Oh wow! So yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's really what random. What happened to that degree? I think I like I. One thing through my journey of self awareness, I realized I have quite an extreme uh, personality in a way. Like okay. I could be very left brain, and I used to work. One of my first jobs was working in a stem cell research wow. blood cancer charity. Okay. So they dealt with like tissue typing, and I dealt with data. I used to analyze wow, data. Okay. Um, but then there was this other side of me that was like really um, into the intangible. So like I could straddle these worlds. Okay. And I think that's a big part of what I do as a storyteller. Like I can handle, like I can have a business conversation. I get the numbers, I get the profit, I get the strategy. I'm like da da da. But then how does it tie to a much bigger picture of movements and people and the world? So I think playing with those two things is what I do. Like that's that's my thing. I realized like. Yeah, so that's how I kind of consolidate it. Like I don't move, use one or the other. I kind of embrace both. Yeah. Okay. Was that something you've realized since you're young, or much later? Much later, I think. Okay. Like I think as I got older, I started realizing there's a lot of like these personality profiling things. Yeah. You know, like um, the mice. Yeah, the mice. All those things. things like that. I, I really, I really find those things fascinating. Like okay. just seeing how people get broken down into different types and how we have different innate strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So as I got older, I was like, oh, that's my strength. Like, I think I didn't know 
I wasn't that self-aware when I was younger, I just kind of followed my interests. And as I got older, even like owning the fact that I was a writer was, had to take a huge amount of self-awareness to realize like, this is how my brain works yeah. and it's natural, so I should do it. Okay. Whereas for a long time, I tried to find all these other jobs. Yeah. Um, because I felt like I should be doing that because it's practical. Like I had to kind of really figure out who I was and what I was good at. Okay. So I think that answers your question. Yeah, it does. It does. Wait, so curious. So what's your Myers Briggs personality? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dude. Well, uh, I'm an ENFP. Nice. Okay. So that's sort of us. I am a. I am actually ENFP too. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High five. Yeah. That's probably why we're having this conversation. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool. Okay. So now that we know that your background a little bit, okay, so you pretty much, you know, you, you like the data analytics mm -hmm. in the same, at the same time, you still do, you know, the creative side as well. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business and what you do today to, yes. to you know, impact or help others and yeah. things like that. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Like, so I guess the first thing is I never ever thought of myself as an entrepreneur. Like I okay. see what I'm doing, I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing this thing, you know? Like I'm kind of amazed that, that people like me, and in fact, what I realize anyone can run a business. Like I used to think it was only for a certain type of person. Okay. Um, like a certain type of risk taker or a certain type of person that had a good business model in mind. But for me, um, how it kind of evolved was I had this desire to tell stories, not even tell stories, I had the desire to connect with people. So when I first moved to Singapore, I would go to networking events and I'd meet like a lawyer or a financial advisor and I don't want to be like, you're a lawyer, you're a financial advisor. I want to be like, you know, tell me about you as a person, like, you know, what, tell me about your life, you know, what, yeah. I want to know about you. And yeah. so I started writing their stories and I'd post them online and people would read them, they were quite well read. And then people came up to me and said, will you write my story? Since you wrote that, I completely talk about what I do differently. And I was like, there's something to this. There's this, you know, and then I realized that storytelling is one of the big things. Like it's supposed to be one of the top five skills that business people in business need to learn. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is a thing? Like I didn't realize it was a business thing. I just do it because I'm passionate about it. Um, and I also realized from my past as working in a museum, I said, my first job was writing stories about Martin Luther King's civil rights movement and I used to interview all the civil rights leaders okay. and I would tell their stories and I'd see the impact that it would make in the world. Like if you tell a story, people can learn things, they can look at the world differently and actually that's exactly what businesses need to do but most of the time I think, one of my beliefs is that we get so stuck in, this is how we make profit, this is my sales pitch, that all the human stuff, all the stuff we deeply connect to disappears because nobody can talk human anymore. Yeah. So I'm just like, Screw that, I want to tell really cool stories, but also be strategic about it where people are meeting their business objectives. Okay. So what I do in my business now is I help people tell the story of who they are, do the work that truly is aligned with who they are, so not bringing all that weird quirkiness, all these things that you have no idea how they fit into your work, getting people to see how that fits in, and then build a brand and market what they do in a way that is completely tapping on onto their, into their natural storytelling telling abilities. Okay. So that what, I guess the way I like to put it is helping people do their truest work and show up. Okay. Because I think showing up is probably the hardest part of telling your story. Like how do you be your total self yeah. and know that that's enough, but not just enough, but that's what's going to resonate with people. Okay. So you actually help. All right. So, so that, that's really cool because, you know, for most, I've got a lot of, a lot of questions. <laughs> 
But okay, wait, hang on. Let's like, first things first. Okay, yeah. why did you? Why Singapore? So it's very interesting because mm-hmm. um, the landscape in Singapore, in terms of business as well, so people are just a little bit more probably closed up as well. Like they don't normally share stories yeah. openly. Yeah. Perhaps you can share, um, you know, enlighten us in this sense as well because you've lived pretty much in. Uh, you grew up in London and then you, you grew up in the States, you know. Yeah. People are, if, if we've traveled the world, people are a little bit more outspoken as well. Yeah. So do you feel like this is a challenge in the business sense where people don't normally share stories or maybe what it's is an opportunity? Okay. Maybe it's an opportunity because I haven't had any challenges. So I actually run a workshop, a storytelling workshop, okay. and it's a full day and I invite entrepreneurs to come. Yeah to learn how to tell their story and how they use that in, in building their brand and business. And it's so beautiful, like, and a lot of the people who come are Singaporeans. Yeah. Some are expats, but actually I'd say it's probably mostly Singaporeans. Okay. And once people know how, like, I think a lot of the time it's giving people permission and or a safe environment where people realize that the point is to connect in a human way. And I think also my role in, in, in that is because I'm, the facilitator, I have to embody that myself. Like I'm being as real as I possibly can be. Like, I guess my commitment is I'm going to really be who I am. And and I hope and I believe that I'll encourage and attract people that want the same thing. So the people that come to my workshops are usually ready to be able to discover their authentic story. And it's so funny because it's so moving. It's not like a business workshop. Like there's always tears. Like I always cry because somebody tells me this most amazing thing, something personal, or it gets deep, or it gets very real, and like it's it's really beautiful. And I and I think that's probably I think I believe the thing that I'm quite known for is that people like go to Amanda's workshop. It's not just branding. It's like something else. You should go. You should just go. That's what people always say. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. It's something else because it is about. Um, being able to bring that out in people and I haven't found that it's a challenge yet. I've found that people are uh, amazingly receptive. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So by, it's amazing that people just really open up right their stories mm. and then from there you will, so how do you, how do you go from there then? So someone tells you their story. Yeah. So how do you actually help these people? I know, right? I know that's like it's the golden question. I know it is. How do you actually help these people use their story? Yeah to really connect with their audience. Yeah. I mean, it, they can be in different industries, you yeah. see. They can be like doing yeah. a lot of things, maybe in like manufacturing, which yeah. is really different. Yeah. So how do you do that? Like, it's magic, man. Okay. Like, it's so cool. So so one example, I, yeah, I really get people from all different, like I had an engineer, I've yeah. had like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've had all different industries. Um, but what I realized that it's all the same process. Because once people are able to articulate why they're doing what they're doing, that becomes the vision and their their kind of movement. So, for example, uh, one of the uh, my client she became my client, and she also came to the workshop. She was a music teacher, and she uh, taught for twelve years. And she created this curriculum that teaches babies how to learn music. By the time they're like two, and by the time they're like five, they're like jamming on the piano. But she was saying that. Like she teared up because she's like, you know, I the way I was taught to teach music and the way I was taught was through like getting scolded and getting hit by a ruler and kids are like afraid like to learn music and they become like traumatized and they don't do it because they want to, they do it because they're like told to. So she wanted to change that. She wanted to create a way where kids can learn through love and play mm-hmm. and a place where they 
enjoy being there, where they use positive reinforcement. And she also had this desire. She said, I want to be a music missionary. So she goes to like Cambodia to bring music to kids who can't afford it. And like, you could just feel like how much she cared about this. And I was like, that's it. So we created her whole message was around, around that, like creating this movement with music. Yeah. So we used that to shape her brand and built her business from that, you starting from that big why, being able to figure out what her packages are, how to attract the right people to work with her. Then she launched a music school, it's full now. She opened up a news, another music school less than 18 months later, that's probably full now. And all through telling these messages and sharing stories, sub stories from out, that was like the main why and now we have thousands of different stories around that like what's her methodology and you know how do the kids respond and and um it's all being able to tell these real stories and because people get it yeah. they get what she's doing she has like a, a following and that's a movement and wow. it's creating something beautiful in singapore wow and that's just one example like yeah. I, like i can name a ton of my clients that have done the same thing wow yeah cool. yeah all right big question yeah so why do you do this why do i do that? yeah why like Hmm. We know why you started it. Yeah. So what like what kind of satisfaction does it bring you or you know why do you know uh, about this? I believe that we all go through a crazy journey in life. And okay. I believe that each of us have innate skills, talents, passions, things that bother us, things that we want to change. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that um there's a deep integrity in that. And when we connect to that deep integrity, that's when we can be of a generous, genuine service to the world. And so I guess it is kind of like activism. I like that you use that word earlier, although I've never really used it for myself, but I do see it as creating like movements. Mm -hmm. And before, when I used to work in this museum and I used to work write civil rights stories, I only saw like movements as creating revolutions through protesting and stuff. But right. now I see that that you can actually create this impact in business. Like that was kind of a mind blowing concept to me. Like, oh, you can make a living from this. Like, why not make the thing that you really believe in be the be the thing that you get up for and you be your job and be the thing that that makes you feel really alive and then you're touching the lives of other people. Like that excites me. Um, being able to help people unlock who their truest self excites me yeah because i think that's so i think everybody talks about authenticity but i think it's one of i think there's so much bullshit i don't know if i can say that yeah. but i think there's so much um in the world there's so much in business yeah it's so easy to start posturing it's so easy to become a prisoner of our own like brands yeah. like i just want to create real stuff in the world and i think the way i've kind of put it recently is um trying to make art out of business Okay. And then helping people show up along the way and, and live as alive as possible. Yeah. Like a real life as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so cool. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, one sec. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move from, from the business aspect of things yep. and how you started. Okay. So I'm sure you struggle on a daily basis mm. as a business owner, as a storyteller, as yeah. you know, someone with huge dreams, yeah. um, trying to change the world, trying to impact others. Yeah. What are your struggles on a daily basis in your 
I guess we can just really say that in your business is one thing, and yeah. also in just in storytelling. Do you have like those kind of like story, like a writer's block, and especially if you help others as well? Like, what kind of struggles you um, go through on a daily basis? Uh, okay, I think uh, my wheels are like going. I'm like, oh, isn't okay. I think the biggest one for me is consistency. Okay. Because wow. I'm like really emotional. Like I'm an emotional <laughs> person. I go with how I feel with things. Like, and if I don't like something, I'm like, I'm not doing it. You know? It. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, uh, or uh, if I don't feel, yeah, it's not good to just be so reactive to emotions. And I realize that's been my thing. Like I'm just like an emotional person. So I've had to kind of learn to manage my emotions or wait until they pass before I make decisions. And then consistency is a problem because I don't like doing things for the sake of doing them. Like, I don't like content calendars because, uh, and having to push out content because you have to push it out. Like, yeah. I, like that's where my like sn arty snobby side comes in. Like, I want to do it because it's art, you know, like, but I, that's not practical. Like, okay. that's not business sense, yeah, right? Yeah. I, so I know what I'm supposed to do. And I know that if I did it probably more often, I would probably do better. Okay. But um, because I'm, a little bit like a not so great with structure. Okay. That kind of catches um, catches me, but I've I because I know that about myself. I've put in um, certain things in place that that would work for for me. So I have like uh, a daily writing practice, for example. Okay. So that I'm always putting stuff out and I have a rule for myself that not everything I write I have to put out publicly but at least my energy is going and I'm always kind of in that space of creativity yeah yeah and I always have like a backlog of content okay. like that I can pick from and, and choose and stuff um, and I don't I don't use strict calendars like I don't think that I yeah you know, I wrote all these topics and I have to write them because I don't want to be robotic about it like okay. I give myself creative space yeah so because I know those things about myself I, I try to put things in place to kind of control yeah, okay. <laughs> control my um my dark side <laughs> of, of being yes. okay cool. yeah I think a lot of people can resonate with you there though because see nowadays all right so telling a story is one thing telling your story is one thing but yeah. then there's things like social media yeah like things like this cropping up right yeah. and and it's so easy for people who are starting out in telling their own story to be pressured by the fact that they need yeah. to tell the story. So how do you, so what What kind of advice do you, would you actually give to someone who right. wants to tell their story, Right. but they're kind of like, I don't uh, really want to. That's a tough one. It really is a tough one because uh, this is why I believe in showing up, right? Because okay. I don't think it's kind of easier sometimes we think it's easier not to show up it's like yeah. hiding feel safe you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, exactly. why should i put myself out there but then but then i think showing up is one of the most beautiful things that we can do i think it's one of the bravest things we can do and i know the people that i most admire that have really touched me are the people that truly show up despite it all so okay. that's kind of the 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 hope i have for myself like i want to show up um, as my most real honest self but to do that requires excruciating vulnerability so that's one of my challenges like so when i write stuff online a lot of it is kind of soul bearing it's like truly how i feel or truly yeah. what i think and yeah. i don't kind of hold back either like it's quite personal a lot of the time so um that can be a struggle to keep keep showing up but i also realize that's the price i paid to 
um, to kind of feel alive and to make an, a real connection with people, you have to go through that vulnerable process. Yeah. So that's kind of one way. But then I also realized that not everybody is a soul bearer online, right? Some yeah. people want to have that distance. And I think that's perfectly fine too. Okay. Like you kind of have to do what's right for you. And so for me, what's right for me is that kind of that route because I, I, I identify as being a writer and self-expressive. So that's why I care about that. But for the people who want to preserve their privacy, I think there's there's other ways to do that that's comfortable for you. So okay. another thing that I kind of, um, that I think answers your question is, I think you have to find um, something that feels good to you, okay. even if it's scary. So I think, okay. I don't think the fear really goes away, yeah. but I do think you can find an approach that suits your personality. Okay. So I, I would say my suggestion would be maybe to not look at what you sh what you think you should be doing. So there's a lot of advice what you should be doing, right? Yeah. You should be, you know, um, doing videos, you should be doing a, a drip funnel, you should be doing all these things. And I think there's a lot, like you should be on Twitter, you should yeah. be on Pinterest. And I think you should go with the things that kind of naturally interest you, yeah. the things that kind of excite you a little bit. And um, with a touch of being a little bit afraid is a good combination. Okay. Cool. So it's okay. It's totally okay to just tell your story, but you don't really need to be on whatever that people think that you should be. So you're saying that it's okay to do that. It's okay to share your story, but something that really resonates with you on a platform that yeah. resonates with you. And I definitely think I, I definitely think people should take the brave step of sharing their story. Okay. But but a, something that always comes up in my workshops is that people don't feel like their story is worth telling mm -hmm. or they're embarrassed to even tell it because they feel like it's showing off yeah like mine was like someone was like oh but well, I feel like uh, if I do I'm just kind of you know just putting it out there nobody that's, cares right that's actually my next question like you know yeah. like what kind of advice would you give people who just feels embarrassed and, and and shy or even they feel like oh I'm just showing off so much you know I don't want to do this yeah uh, I I believe that stories um, are powerful in two ways one because they impact people and they get to learn from your journey and i also think there's like a, a healing factor in being able to kind of get it out and express yourself um so i would kind of hope that people see that that's the way that they can contribute and i also think it's the most instinctive way to share about what you're doing mm -hmm. but i think maybe as a kind of a perspective shift to get people comfortable I'll see it as kind of sharing rather than I'm promoting myself or telling my story. Like maybe that that sounds a little bit too intimidating. Like I'm telling the story of who I am, <laughs> but maybe if you like rephrase it as like, what can I share with people? Like yeah. what's something that, I'm, that I would want people to know? Yeah. Um, what's something that uh, people have asked me that I think would help people? So if you kind of like maybe take the pressure off by starting by sharing, mm -hmm. and then you can kind of work up to revealing more and more of the story. So even with my own work, um, I have kind of the story of how I got into it, but I have a lot more personal stories that I'm kind of working up to. Yeah. And I'm waiting, like I may not be ready now, but it's a gradual unfolding. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it doesn't, you don't need to share everything in one go. Yeah. It's usually a, you know, it's something that is a process. So it's, you start off with one. Absolutely. And then you, you have the audience that kind of like resonates with you. Because that's also another thing, right? You, you know, people, yeah. not everyone will, 
resonate with your story. So not everyone will find that your story kind of sticks with them. Yeah. It also depends on the circumstances of their your audience as well. It does. Yeah. It really does. And you know, you don't have to be for everyone. Yeah. In fact, you probably shouldn't be for everyone. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It shouldn't be for everyone, right? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Great. Um, that's really great insights there. Um, okay, so Amanda, what's what's next for you? So now you're in Singapore. Are you Boy. are you planning to like, you know, move again? Like, um, actually, we don't really know. I haven't asked you this. Why did why Singapore? Like what what was the reason you it actually came? It was a coincidence, here? I guess, because okay. I had a relative who was living here. Okay. And she was like, You would like Singapore, why don't you come over and visit? And I was like, Okay. And I was working my job and I just hit a point where um, I achieved everything I wanted to in that company. And then yeah. I was hit a point where I was getting bored. So okay. I was like, and I saved, I was like saving my money because I was waiting for the day to leave, oh, right? Cool. So okay. I was like, this is my moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I just quit my job and I, and I just moved. I'd never been to Singapore, I was like, I'm moving to Singapore. Wow, okay, that's And I thought if I liked it, I'll figure out, out a way to stay. Okay. And then as soon as I got here, I was like, the business scene is really cool. Yeah. People are really open. And I was just like, I'm just gonna figure it out. And I did. Awesome. Mm. How long have you been here? Five years. Five years. Mm. Okay, so you quit your job. You just kind of like, oh, that's it. I'm, I've hit that point where I need to leave. And then you just packed your bags and you came to Singapore. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a really like brave thing to do. Was that, were, were there any kind of like resistance? I think I, I was um, a little bit. Okay. There was a bit of like, oh, I've got a great job and, you know, steady paycheck and yeah, okay. my family and all the practical things. Yeah. But then um, I also was like, well, I'm 27. Okay. I should, if I'm going to do something random, I should probably do it now. Like then when I'm like 15 having a midlife crisis. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to do it. And okay. I'm young enough to bounce back if it doesn't turn out right. I like that because uh, like lots of our audience are also probably in that position where they probably have a full-time job yeah. and they're like, they reached the point where, you know, they probably can't contribute anything more or they mm. are deciding whether or not they should take the step into starting a business yeah. or, or, you know, just doing something random, like you said. Yeah. I think the difference was, I didn't, it's not like I had um, a financial support mm. or anything like that. Like it was a calculated risk, risk for me. Yeah. But I was saved my money for three years. Like you, you I, say, okay. I was working in London and I put away like 80% of my paycheck or something what? ridiculous, maybe like 70 or, or something. And I was like, I'm saving it for the day that I'm going to do something crazy. Cause I knew that I wanted to buy my freedom somehow. Okay. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. I thought maybe I'll travel the world with that money, but I, I was really careful of budgeting and I, and I reached enough where I was like, if I leave now, I can survive for like a year and a half. On okay. my savings yeah so i had that and i was like i'm gonna do it now's the time and so because i always had that in the back of my mind when the time came i had the freedom to explore so i had enough savings to um test things out okay that's kind of how i saw it okay cool so yeah. it wasn't something that you just kind of like i'm just gonna ditch my job and, and um, leave without any money there was and... still an element of that but like you you can't do it on peanuts right yeah, <laughs> like, no, I know. unless just... you've got people like a spouse or parents mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i didn't have that so i was like no i'm doing this myself i gotta yeah. i gotta figure my way out and i'm gonna get a job for three years and that's yeah. how i'm gonna do it and i think that's perfectly fine like if you're in a job and you have an idea you plan great like even if it's not clear and trust that, that you'll figure something out. That's really cool. Because you came to Singapore without knowing anybody. Yeah. 
Very much. Like, you know, and then you started networking and then, yeah. you know, this where you are right now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay, so what's next for you? Like, what's the next step? This um, was back to that question. So something cool that I just started doing was um, I had this idea because I met all these great people in my workshops and they all have so much heart. I was like, what if I got them all in one room? So I started running these, well, I ran the first businesses with heart networking event. I called it a networking connection event. And the idea was to create conversations between these businesses that are kind of heart driven, um, create ways where people can have real conversations, real relationships. So I ran that first one and it was really cool because I saw them connecting afterwards and there's already collaborations happening. And someone said, the reason why I think that happened is because everybody that went, went in with the idea of supporting and contributing so that when they met, it was like, I kind of dig what you're doing, like, let me see how I can help. So there was that instant kind of chemistry or something. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Maybe I should do more of that stuff. So an idea that I'm looking at is when um, I come back from my travels, I'm thinking about creating a hybrid of what I currently offer. So at the moment, I help people with their kind of build their business and their brand by telling their story and I write their content and everything. And I work with people over a period of a month or two to do that. But now I'm thinking, um, what if I did that in a group? So it's kind of like a mastermind brand coaching, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then I'm also helping them with their business model and then they're writing their content, but then getting them to vibe with each other. Because I think that support is incredible. And I've seen it in my workshops when, when people are together and they're all on the same journey, they're like, yeah, okay, you know, I'll read that blog. I can give you my feedback or, um, you know, or give some feedback on their business ideas. So I wanted to kind of combine those two things mm -hmm. and run like a, a mastermind coaching group. Wow. To help people tell their story and build their brand. Cool. Yeah. In Singapore. In Singapore. Nice. No other troubles? Like no, not uh, planning to move? Not quite yet. I'm going back to England this week. Okay. Yeah. Right. For a while. Just for a while. Like yeah. A short while. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. No all the best with that. That's that's a really cool idea. Thank I you. I like the fact that you know the support network. I think that's that's huge, especially you know people in business. Yeah. Yeah. And to make it fun, you know, and and yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. Okay. So um, let me ask you. You're doing big things every day. So do you have anyone? Or actually, no. It's not a do you have anyone. I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does. Yeah. Who is your role model? Or who do you? kind of see as a big influence in your life and what you do oh. every single day? Oh, um, maybe not every single day, but as like a reference point, I'm really a fan of um, Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you wrote, know her. She wrote the book, Love Warrior. Okay. And she's a writer, okay. but she's also an activist. Cool. And what I love about her is that she wrote this book and she's all about being real as well. And um, she wrote this memoir about going through bulimia and having a divorce and what that reality was like. But it was so beautifully written, like it was actually like a piece of literature, but then it was also uh, incredibly honest. And she's managed to create this whole movement around telling the truth. Okay. And I kind of love her for that. And like, she's so ballsy and, and she has such a big heart. So she also created, when she had this movement, she created this organization called Together Rising. Yeah. And what they do is fundraise 
um, for organizations or events around the world that need support. So recently when they had that issue in America with the migration issue, when the immigrants were separated, the parents were separated from their children, mm -hmm. she partnered with like um, Brené Brown and uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, their two other influencers in the space, and they raised like $5 million within a few days, and they put all of that into, um, didn't get any money from it, they put it all into helping these lawyers reunite these kids and their families. And then she also helped refugees. So she, and she's just, and that's why it's called Love Warrior. Like she's just spreading love in the most amazing way. And I'm just like, I love you. That's so awesome. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, she's someone that I'm like, she's awesome. And I look up to her. Cool. Yeah. Was, will that be something that, you know, this new project that you're working on, maybe, you know, you can't go into that direction, isn't it? I have, yeah, Spice I've always um, incorporated social giving into my stuff. Like I've helped raise money for orphanages and things. Mm -hmm. So I, I haven't done it for a while and I do hope to, to bring it back. Cool. Yeah. Great. Nice. That's 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 awesome. Okay. Cool. Um, a few questions. All okay. Right? We tell we, we ask our guests this every single time. Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, whew, okay. <laughs> what is your why, Amanda? Like, what is your drive to get up in the morning as a business person and as yourself? Um. I don't know if it's a conscious thing, actually. I just kind of um, live moment to moment. So, <laughs> so live one moment at a time. I try to do that. Like, I think my own personal goal at the moment is just like a basic level of self mastery, which is staying present. Oh, cool. Not getting lost in my baggage or my internal conversations. And then um, on a day to day is just spreading more light than darkness. Because I think. I think as humans, we screwed up the world and we have the ability to heal it as well. But it takes us dealing with our own stuff and it takes us um, consciously trying to spread love. Okay. And that's what I try to do is constantly looking at how I'm treating people, um, if I'm really for other people, catching my own kind of ego and stuff like that. So just on the basic level, I'd say okay. that's it. Okay, so you're saying that People screw up. I mean, that's that's normal. That's life. Yeah. But the more you screw up, and the more you give to people, the more you give to people, the more you spread love. That just makes you know the fact that we screwed up, and then getting back up again, a little bit more easier. Is that what you mean? Or yeah, I guess. So one of the other kind of um, big influences on me is a is a spiritual teacher called Eckhart Tolle. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he talks about how. Um, one of the biggest problems with humanity and mm -hmm. um, the origin of suffering is our egos. Yeah. And I completely believe that. I believe that ego is what creates greed, it's what's damaging the planet, it's what, it's how we um, just get caught up in our own drama and stuff. And so I really think that uh, to make a, a positive influence in the world, we have to kind of, we all have an ego and it's about and I think that's kind of like, I kind of call it our dark side. I think everybody has a dark side, you know, yeah. the, the side that can be jealous or the side that gets petty or the side. I think self-awareness, like realizing when we have those moments and when our ego is coming in and turning it into something, um, letting go of it so that we can really uh, bring something that's uh, positive into the world, like 
That's kind of what I mean. Very cool. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pause that. Yeah, I'm totally going to like, mm. I'm going to like quote you later. <laughs> Elka, Elka Tuli? How do you spell um, E-C-K. Uh, yeah, 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 actually, he has a couple of books, right? Yeah. E-C-K-H-A-R-T. When I first read his book, like when I first got it in my hand, I didn't get it. Like it was like psh, over my head. Okay, okay. But I had to write, wait for the right moment. And as soon as I read it set the, the next time, it like clicked. I was like, oh my God, I get it. I get what he's talking about. That's so cool, yeah. And yeah, so that it's like, I guess that's like a different level of like spiritual self-mastery or just letting go of the ego and I'm all about that like I think yeah. what comes first for me is um, spiritual clarity just letting go of the ego and I think if I'm clear about that everything else will, it will affect my business it'll affect my day-to-day stuff it'll yeah. affect how I show up in the world yeah so it just really comes down to being aware like self-awareness yeah it's a huge thing yeah that's, that's really cool awesome cool all right um next question what's something that you're super proud of. That's, hang on, that's, that's the first part of the question. Okay. What's something you're super proud of that a lot of people or most people do not know? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I really don't know. Um, uh, super proud of that most people don't know. Maybe. I'm just gonna just, you know, interrupt your yeah. thoughts. Um, I mean, you did mention there's a couple of, you know, backlogs of stories mm. that you haven't really kind of shared with the world. Maybe something that you're super proud of that you don't, people don't know. I think I'm a show off. So everything I'm proud of, I'm like, hey guys, look what I've done, you know? Like, I'm not that modest, to be honest. That's terrible now that I acknowledge that. Like, I don't think I have anything. That's like, self-awareness. Yeah. I mean, like, I try to do um, good things and not feel the need to put it on social media or make a big thing out of it or tell people. And I think um, maybe it's just like a, a, maybe it's just my values. Like I feel, I feel really strongly about the integrity of my values. Okay. And just a, a commitment to that and always trying to work on myself and be a good person. Yeah. That's yeah. like the most, that's the top of your values, just being a good person and you know, just really work on doing things. Yeah, and trying to be for other people. Like I really try and put my ego out of the way and, and genuinely see how I can support people. Cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really just giving back with heart. I mean, with whatever that we've just spoken about. Yeah. Just having the heart for others. Yeah. I really try. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's something you should be proud of. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone has that, but that's that's really awesome. All right. Um, Amanda, what is your most humbling experience so far? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if this is one, if it's the most humbling, but it was just a thing that I remembered. Um, I remember when I was, I think I was about 10, I went to the Philippines and um, there was a family out there and they, they had a little shop and I was in one of these like villages. And um, the little girl was like, come, let me show you my house. And she was like, took me by the hand and she walked me to this, this little building and I thought it was her playhouse. Like okay. I was like, I don't wanna see your playhouse, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I don't have the time. She's like, come and see my house. And then I was like, okay, fine. And I went and it was this tiny little one 
it was tiny. It was like a little six foot by six foot room with one mattress. Okay. It was a home where five of them lived, slept on that mattress. They lived in that house. And I thought it was a playhouse because I was so used to certain luxuries. Yeah. And I was like, this is their life. Like that's their house. And you know, I was just like, how do they, like these kids don't have a place to study. They, they don't have a running water. They don't have a shower. Like, and I was like, oh my God, like us Westerners, us like, you know, de developed country people really do have first world problems, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's not, we always complain about money and things like that, but it's so relative. And most of us who have education, who have access to the internet, we're like the top percentage of the world. Like mm -hmm. we're loaded compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to lose that perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I still do, you know, like when, when some vanity kicks in, I think about what well, clues or how I look or something. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I get some perspective. So I, um, that was really humbling. Um, yeah, there's a few incidences like that. Yeah, that's it's it's a good reminder. Yeah, sort of like you know, it just reminds us of what we have, like well, how lucky we are to even live in this part of the world, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Cool. Okay. Um, if it was your last day on Earth today, right? <laughs> <laughs> if it was, right? What would be your three, three? truths or lessons that you will share to others? Oof, I don't know. Um, I would say telling the truth is a healing process. Okay. Um, I would say vulnerability is the price we pay for connection mm -hmm. and to um, to dare to be vulnerable okay because connection is what we're all here for okay wow yeah it was the three it I think three. so yeah that's awesome because I want to ask you something about vulnerability okay. this is like <laughs> Not a typical question, but how do you deal with like haters? Like, do you have people going against your stories so far? Or... Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I think probably a few eye rolls here and there. <laughs> you know, like I, mean, I think I could easily be too much for people. Like I'm, I realize that I am like a too much person. Okay. Like I'm just like a bit ridiculous. You know, I'm just like a little bit eccentric, and I'm, yeah. I say what I believe, and I'm all about like hard and all these things. And I think for some people. It's just like, geez, you know, like, okay, there's like too much. But I think, but that's part of my philosophy as well. Like, dare to be too much. Yeah. Okay. And cool. um, uh, and it doesn't really matter. Like, who cares? You yeah. know, like, who cares? Don't take it so seriously. Okay. And who like, cares what others think? Yeah. Well? Who who cares? Like, what other people think, and don't take it. You know, it doesn't have to be such a big deal. Like, I think we create such a big thing out of these things and yeah. just do your thing and find your people that that um, love you and care about you and, and care about your well-being. Those are the people that matter, the people that are trying to take you down. Like, why waste energy on that? Often. Mm. Be vulnerable. I think dare to be vulnerable. That's, that's really cool. What is your definition of legacy, Amanda? Um, 
leaving the planet a better place than you found it? Wow. Okay. So, so if so, so can you elaborate on that? Like, in, the, in what sense、um, does that mean to you? I guess it's like I don't think legacy has to be a big thing. Like. Create a business at last,、yeah. or like have some children that go on to be the next messiah. I don't think it's like that. I think it's just like、um, make use out of your time here, be awake, you know,、um, take risks,、uh, use. Don't be afraid to kind of use your heart and and try to、um, do things to improve the world in whatever way that could be for you. It could be sharing your art. It could be. You know, helping someone get healthy、It、could be listening to someone's problems, but、um, do something like tap into what's going on and and don't be afraid to do that because、mm. that helps. It matters. Our every single person's life matters. We're all here because we exist and we're shaping the world. Like that matters. Yeah. And do something about it. Yeah. So it's right now. The legacy is just the present moment. That's super important. And yeah,、us. and and contributing to that. Great, awesome, cool. Last little bit. Okay, <laughs> I keep thinking it's the last one. Oh, that's, that's the coolest bit, actually. <laughs> okay, do you listen to?、Uh, so you, of course, you listen to music. You know, we talked about this earlier.、Um, you, you listen to、uh, some sort of music on your phone, like on a day-to-day -day basis, right now as well. No. No. Okay. Uh, cool. uh, it's, it's kind of no. No. Okay. Because we have this question where we call it five seconds of fun, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna like I'm I'm gonna ask you something, and、okay. you only have five seconds to answer it. Okay. And we're gonna be talking about music, so maybe you can just tune a little oh, bit. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So five seconds of fun. You have five seconds to answer your most favorite song. What is your favorite line from that song? Uh, oh geez! Oh man! Okay. I can't think of a favorite. I can only think of something. Something influenced. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah, what, yeah. what came into my head when you said that was、um, "Spy in the House of Love" by The Doors, which is really I don't listen to Doors anymore. I used、okay. to years used ago. To. Okay. But that, but that,、um, so it's called "Spy in the House of Love." Uh huh. And I was wondering. What that lyric meant, right? I was like, "Spy in the House of Love," right? It's a bit of poetry, so I was like, "So it's based off of a book by、yeah. Nice Nin." Yeah. So then I read that book, and so、um, that 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 song stayed with me because it had this this chain reaction in my life. Cool. Yeah. So the song is called "Spy in the House of Love." Yeah. Nice, and it's literally like a chain reaction of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I just. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Great. Thank you, Amanda. So before we end this,、um, perhaps we can share a little bit about how we can support you. Like how, like how do people find you? Okay. Maybe you can just share with us a little bit about you know your business website or、yes. or, or something. You, you, your Facebook or Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Pleasure.、Um, so my website is amandabloom.com. It's a really cool website. Thank you. I, I love it.、It's, Thank you so much. So nicely done. <laughs>、um, And my last name is spelled B L U M,、okay. not like the flower. And then my Instagram is Amanda Goose Sulu.、Okay. So those are the two main things I'm playing with at the moment. Great. That's it. Thank you so、cool. much for being here. With pleasure.、Um, had so much fun and yeah, it was、Amanda. fun. It was fun answering <laughs> questions. Thank you so much. <laughs>